Assurance of Pardon is sponsored by Logos Bible Software, the most advanced Bible study tool for both ministers and laypeople. Available on iOS and Android for phones and tablets, as well as on your Windows or Mac computer or laptop. Get the most of your time in the scriptures with Logos Bible Software. For more information and 15% off your next Logos package plus five free ebooks, visit assuranceofpardon.com slash logos. Now on with the show. Welcome to Assurance of Pardon, a podcast about the gospel, the Bible, the church, what it all means and why it all matters. I'm Scott Davis, pastor of Hope Presbyterian Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And I'm Gage Jordan, assistant pastor of youth and families at First Presbyterian Dyersburg in Dyersburg, Tennessee. Gage, it is good to be back uh, with you. Uh, apologies to our our faithful listeners, both of them. Uh, they were wondering <laughs> they were wondering where we were for a while, but life happens. Uh, this is, uh, I guess, as our folks know, because we always introduce ourselves as pastors at actual churches. Um, we've got, you know, I'm a dad. I've got five kids. Um, I've been traveling. Good and Presbyterian. Life, <laughs> yeah, uh, life happens, and so it's just been a it's been a busy time. So uh, thank you to yeah. Uh, you went to you went to Vegas uh, for your your other job, your other 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 job. Yeah, I was. Um, I, was in, I, t- I took I a group of kids to Chattanooga and uh, let them tour Covenant College, and because I'm you know as a student pastor trying to always disciple our kiddos and help them kind of figure out the next stage of life. And so we've been world travelers and life has gotten us and, and, and it's, everybody knows the summer ramps up crazy. So we've been here, there and everywhere. And and now we're back. Well, uh, and thank you to, uh, we, we, we got some, some kind emails from some listeners who have emailed us with questions and we were able to respond back with some answers on that. And so keep those questions coming and we will answer them, uh, as quickly as we are able to, but we always appreciate getting a, an email from a from a listener. Before we go any further, let me remind everybody that Assurance of Pardon is sponsored by Logos Bible Software. Um, I, on each episode, Gage, we try to talk about a feature in Logos Bible Software that is helpful. And let me just say the Greek and Hebrew language tools in Logos Bible Software are amazing. If nothing else, you know, I like to uh, highlight a word in the in, in, let's say in the ESV. Right click that, and that box comes up with all sorts of, of of information about that Greek or Hebrew word. One of the really helpful ones is just clicking that little speaker and hearing that word pronounced in Greek yes, or absolutely. Hebrew. Uh, you, if you want to sound smart in the pulpit, you will say the Greek word here is this, the Hebrew word here is that. Now, it that's a good life hack to sound smart when you're preaching, but. If you if you try to do that, but then you say the Greek word is this, and you mispronounce it, you 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 may have ruined it. In case there was somebody who actually knew some Greek or Hebrew, you will have not fooled them into thinking you're smart. So, uh, the language learning software, the language learning features, and the Greek and Hebrew vocabulary features in Logos Bible Software are off the charts. And uh, we we highly ch- uh, would recommend it if anybody's interested in. Uh, learning more, go to assuranceofpardon.com slash logos for a discount on their software packages and five free ebooks. That's assuranceofpardon.com slash logos. Absolutely. You know, my favorite feature here lately, honestly, has been the fact book. So um, this this week I'm preaching on Acts 2, uh, 
in verse 42. And, uh, you know, it says and they, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. The teaching there, there was the word uh, didache. Is, and, and actually the didache traditionally was this like Christian doctrine manual for new believers um, that the, they kind of figured out what was the first century doing as far as how they did church. Um, and it was, you know, out after the apostles, it was this book. And so all I had to do is type in Didache in the fact book. And the next thing I know, there was like five windows that popped up and gave me all the information and more pulling from like 17 different resources all at one time. So it, it, it helps uh, streamline your, your study process. And it takes things that normally would take me hours in actual books to kind of read through, skim through in probably about 15 minutes. And, you know, when you, we, you've got uh, the schedules we have as pastors helping to be as efficient as possible with our study time is super helpful. Another thing I would uh, let our listeners know about just to kind of remind you guys is we are a part of the society of reformed podcasters, uh, doctrine sound podcast for reformed from a reformed perspective. Um, and so we're a part of a really cool group of uh podcasters uh, who are kind of kind of bring the whole gamut of reformed theology uh, just to quickly list uh, the five points church planning podcast some of our buddies in the PCA from my church planning Bobcast Christ in context distilling theology guilt grace gratitude fast God stuff the particular Baptist podcast reformed brotherhood reformed pilgrims restless uh, seekers start sipping on theology and steady anchor um, so we're all the time adding to the team we're kind of like the Avengers, you know, we're trying yeah. to um, assemble uh, a great team of reformed guys that produce great content. Um, and so if you are interested in kind of getting more podcasts like ours uh, from different perspectives, go to the Society of Reform Podcasters. You can look it up on their website, reformpodcast.com. Or if you just look it up on wherever you're listening to your podcast, the Society of Reform Podcasters, that RSS feed has all the podcasts in that one area. You can kind of get it on rotation so we would highly recommend that to you yeah wonderful well hey uh we are uh almost done with our ecclesiology series and we want to ask the question today uh and that is what is the role of the pastor Uh, or said another way what is it that as a christian what is it that you should expect your pastor to know to do and to be uh, Gage, why is this question so important? And let me say it a different way. Why is this question in 2021 so necessary? Yeah, absolutely. So to provide some clarity real quick, you may be thinking, well, guys, didn't you cover this in um, the episode on officers when you talked about elders and, and deacons? Um Somewhat in the sense that a pastor is an elder, is a bishop, is a shepherd in that sense. But um, well, the elders, you know, a lot of them can be lay leaders that we have been raised up in the church to help with the shepherding duties. Today, we want to focus on the actual called pastor to the church. And why that matters to answer your question, Scott, is, man, we in 2021 have turned the role of the pastor into all sorts of things 
that it, that it isn't. It actually isn't helpful at all, right? Where, you know, you may be looking for your pastor to be a life coach. You may be looking for your pastor to be a business guru. You may be looking for your pastor to be your financial advisor. You may be looking for your pastor to give you five tips on how to be a better parent or a better right. husband or a That's better right. man or whatever, right? Um, and so when you um, turn the pastor role into all these sorts of coaches and gurus and expertise on all sorts of things that we don't see in the text, uh, you end up having to um, require of this man things that the, the scriptures aren't requiring at all. And then really you kind of get messy with the vision and mission of the church. Yeah. I, let me, but to set the stage for our, for our discussion, let me read first Corinthians chapter two, verses one and two. Paul tells the church at Corinth, and when I came to you, bro- uh, and I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming the test, co- proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom wisdom of men but in the power of God Paul is is making a really fascinating distinction and between um n- the pastor being one whose stock and trade is the wisdom of men or lofty speech versus Christ and him crucified and, and and Gage, as we think about it, the truth is those are really the two. Di- those are that really is the ditch that we can fall into. Is if, as a minister, if if we are talking about something other than Christ and Him crucified, what is it we're doing? We're talking about the wisdom of men. And so I just made a list this morning uh, uh, in preparation for today's episode of things that um, maybe some of our listeners. Or have heard in churches in the past, or their pastor preaches on, or uh, and I, so let me let me just run through this list. Goal setting. I have been in a church where there were sermons about how to set goals. Exercise. I was in a church where a where diet and exercise was talked about from the pulpit. Weight loss. I have heard sermons on weight loss, life coaching, success in the workplace, dealing with Mm -hmm. difficult people in the workplace, money management, taking your life to the next level. Gage, as I I think through these, and I would like to hear your thought as well, the reason that a church would find themselves in a situation where this is their steady diet is sermons about money management and life coaching and goal setting and exercise. Uh, the, the reason that you would expect your pastor to know those things is it can only mean that you actually think that's what the Bible is about. Absolutely. The Bible yeah. is. And so you, you have, you have teachers out there who say these, who, who treat the Bible like it is, um, 
poor Richard's almanac or like it is a a, a book of helpful quotations or yeah, it's Dale Aesop's Carnegie's fables. how to win friends and and influence people right yeah um, yeah all, all those sorts of deals or whatever is on the latest New York Times bestseller um, that that's essentially it like what you expect of the pastor and what you expect him to say in the pulpit is a direct reflection of what you think the Bible is about. Exactly. Point blank period. 100%. If you're looking, yeah. If you're looking for it for um, little, little nuggets of wisdom, like it's a fortune cookie, um, then you're going to expect um, your pastor to give you a lot of to do's each week, right? Here are five ways for me to be a better employee this week. Here are six ways for me to invest in the future. Um, but that's not what we see in the text, right? Um, when we look at the qualifications of pastors, when we look at like the role of the pastor, uh, we look at First and Second Timothy and Titus, right? These are what's known as the pastoral epistles. These are letters that Paul wrote to a t- couple of guys, a guy named Timothy and a guy named Titus, that he that they he was discipling and mentoring, and that he sent out to Ephesus and to, to Crete to go plant churches and raise up other guys. And as he gives him it, it gives them advice and and gives them warnings and charges through the inspiration of the Spirit, we see we don't see. And then you're going to want to coach them through their marriage difficulties, or then you're going to going to want to um, give them five ways to burn burn that fat and and have a hot girl summer, right? Like that's, <laughs> that, that's not what happens. What, what does happen is passages like first Timothy chapter six, when he says, teach and urge these things, what things is he talking about? You're talking about preaching the gospel and knowing sound doctrine. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus and the teachings that accord with godliness. So let's stop there. That's the category, right? Like our job is to know like you said, nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified and the, and the implications of, of all that. Um, so here he says, other different doctrine, not sound words, are things that aren't in accordance with the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness. If they don't know that, then notice what he says about it. Verse 4 in chapter 6 of First Timothy, he is puffed up with conceit. Um, he and is un, and understands nothing. He's an un, has an unhealthy craving for controversy for, and for coil, quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and a, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth. If that isn't a description for Facebook, I don't know what is. Right? <laughs> yeah. No. <kidding. laughs> so like 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 that's if you're looking for a guru to give you five pointers, 10 pointers, life coaching, whatever, then you're expecting the scriptures to do the same, but the scriptures have one goal. And that one goal is that you would know Jesus. And then you would know all that he commanded, right? That's the great commission, make disciples. And the way you make disciples, you baptize them and to teach them all that, that Jesus commanded. Um, and that that's the whole goal of the scriptures, right? Everything culminates into Jesus. It's not this, the Bible isn't intended to give you uh, seven ways to grow your 4013B or whatever, right? Like, um, and so because of that, your pastor isn't supposed to be doing that either, right? Like he's he's not um, supposed to be an expert in 
growing an organization. He's not supposed to be an expert in um, casting vision for, um, you know, multi-level marketing or he's not supposed to be a guru in graphic graphic design or website design and you're talking to a guy who worked for marketing companies for five years like that's cool i've been able to use those skills to benefit the church but that's not what i was again examined over that's That's not what i went to seminary for that's not what i was called to do that's not why hands were laid on me to ordain me Amen. Amen. We need to, uh, I, I want to commend a book to our listeners by Harold Sinkbile. It's a book called The Care of Souls, Cultivating mm-hmm. a Pastor's Heart, uh, published yep. by Lexham Press. We're going to put a link to it in the show notes. This is a wonderful, wonderful book about the the simple, uh, simple but not easy, but the the uncomplicated role of the pastor, and that is to point people to Jesus through word and sacrament. I want to read you a a, a quote from it when he says, uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't work through you as a person, but through tools you've been given by Jesus for the blessing of his church and for the benefit of all the world, the gospel and sacraments. Through these, God the Father sends the Spirit to work faith whenever and wherever it pleases him. The ministry of Christ's gospel is always a ministry of the Spirit, for the Holy Spirit is at work in the gospel, and it is given through it. Second Corinthians uh, three eight is his reference there. But in other words, uh, as a minister, God has given us God has given us some tools. He's given us a toolbox, and in those tools are the Scripture and the sacraments, and that's what we're called to do. There are all sorts of life enhancement techniques and things that uh, that a person could know, might know, might want to know, but, but those are not what the pastor has been called to provide and dispense to his people week after week because the church should be an institution where when I go there week after week, I get something I cannot get anywhere else. I should go there and get things that I can't get from a financial planner, from Dr. Phil, from a psychologist, from Oprah, from the newspaper. It is a, we have a a particular message that we are called to to dispense out, to give away promiscuously to all who come through our doors, and that is Christ and Him crucified. Gage, how many times do you know in the last year when a pastor has found himself uh, getting up before his people and speaking on things which he's not trained? Constitutional law, infectious disease, the role of the state, politics— Mm-hmm. I'm not an infectious disease expert. I'm not nope. a constitutional scholar. I'm I'm that that is not what I'm called to do, and 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 so I'm called to stand up in front of my people, and placard Christ to to through through the use of law and gospel to call them to confess their sins and receive the reminder that Jesus is enough. Absolutely. And so I think about it like this, right? If we think about in terms of, of three categories, and we were talking about this before, um, the 
episode as we were kind of doing some some pre-prep work if we ask the question what's a pastor to know what's a pastor to do and what's a pastor to be Hmm. he's to know jesus christ and him crucified right i i I made it a point paul said to know nothing else among you right what's he supposed to do he's supposed to proclaim that right what is he supposed to be a shepherd that reflects the chief shepherd and points people to Jesus time and time again. I think about it like this. Paul is in jail facing certain death. And he's thinking about the last words he's going to give his son in the faith, Timothy, right? And what he's going to tell Titus. And second, the second letter, the one of the very last things he says, chapter four of second Timothy I charge you in the pre- verse one, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead. And by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke and exhort with complete patience and teaching for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Um, and so that's the last thing he says to Timothy next to like, hey, try to come see me soon if you can and bring books and a jacket when you get here, right? Like that's the last thing he says. Same thing with Titus. You know what he, you know what he says, says to him? Chapter three of Titus. Remind them to be submissive to the rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy towards all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the God goodness and the loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that, being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of the eternal life. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things. Like, basically, the last two things he says to his mentees is, hey, you got, you got one story. You got one sermon every week. You got one drum. Don't get into arguments. Don't talk about nonsense. Don't be tempted to tell tell people things that they think they need to hear because we're all prone to want more law, right? We want you to give me something to do every week. Tell them to do one thing, repent and believe the gospel. Amen. Amen. And, and it should be, we should be, we should be getting up and giving a message that would be relevant if the persecuted church in, in the Middle East heard it, that would be relevant uh, if a, that, that is a, a message that is timeless, that would minister to people who are not in America, who are in America, who are rich, who are poor, who are black, who are white, Jesus Christ and him crucified. You are a sinner. You do not meet God's righteous requirement, but the good news of the gospel is that Christ on the cross was treated the way you deserve to be treated for all eternity, and that all who trust in him will receive a treatment that no one deserves but Jesus for all eternity. And and if that is what you if that is what you have to offer on Sunday morning to your people, 
you've got everything. And if you have everything but that, you have nothing. So let me um, let me give a, a final wrap-up word just to pastors that listen to this or, or students, seminary students, guys thinking about a call to ministry. Um, when you are weary and when you're tired and when you're frustrated and you feel like things aren't moving in the way in which you want them to move, um, let me encourage you, one, if you try to do these other things, be a guru, be a coach, be a financial advisor, et cetera, that may be why you're weary, right? Now, the other side of that is the scripture is real, really clear. There's a lot of charge about endurance and perseverance and being not stop being, um, you know, don't grow weary in doing good. Sometimes you're going to be weary because you are doing the good, the good. That's right. You're doing this thing and people are going to want you to do something else. My encouragement to you is time and time again, pour over the text and let the truth of the gospel um, invigorate you. The other thing I would encourage you second to the scriptures at a distant second is read good biographies. Um, I'll commend commend a resource to you that I'm almost done with Um, R.C. Sproul's latest biography. Stephen Lawson uh, writes, writes this. Um, It's phenomenal because what you see is an entire life of one guy just doing the same thing over and over and over and preaching the full counsel of God. And for what it did to me as a pastor new in full-time ministry, I've been in ministry now for 18 years, but this is my first full-time post. It reminded me, Hey man, no, don't give up. Like do, do this thing. Cause this is what you're called to do. This is what you're called to know. This is what you're called to do. This is what you're called to be. And if, if you're a seminary student or a guy thinking about joining the ministry and you think, it's some of the other things we mentioned, then go be a life coach. Don't, don't come be a pastor. Um, go be a financial advisor, man. Edward Jones is hiring every day. Don't, don't go come be a pastor. You know, those things in and of themselves, not wrong. That's not what the pulpit pits for. And that's what, not what the pastor is called to do. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, we hope this has been helpful. Um, Gage, we're going to do a giveaway uh, on our social media. We're going to give away a copy of A Care of Souls by Henry, uh, by Harold Sinkbile. Uh, it's a super helpful, super refreshing. It was 2019's Gospel Coalition Ministry Book of the Year. Um, if you are if you are in ministry or you considering going into pastoral ministry, this book will be uh, a a wonderful blessing to you. And so, uh, our friends at at Lexham Press sent us a copy to give away, and we appreciate that. We will get uh, uh, we will push that giveaway out on our socials, and uh, hopefully. Um, Hopefully this has been an encouragement to to you if you are considering going in ministry or you're in ministry or you are weary or you feel uh, distracted and pulled in a number of different directions. Um, we're not saying that we're not saying that if that um, the reason the only reason you're weary is because you're you're uh, you're doing the wrong things because you can grow weary, like Gage just said, with the good. right things. But if you are going to get weary, at least get weary for doing the right things, right? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, this is the old. What if you what if you climb the ladder of success, success and realize it's it's leaning up against the wrong wall? And what if you get really really weary as a minister and it wasn't even doing the work God gave you to do? Hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. So we, we love pastors and, and we, we hope for the best. We also love lay people, right? Um, and we, we want every single church, Presbyterian or not, we want, want them to preach the gospel. And that's what we pray for every single week because nothing else actually brings hope. So I think that that wraps up our episode. If you have a question, we'd love to hear from you. You can hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can visit our website at assuranceofpardon.com, or you can email us at contact at assuranceofpardon.com. We always love to hear from people. We've been getting great emails, and we seriously, we're encouraged every time we get one of those. So please keep sending your questions or your thoughts. And hey, I wish you guys would do an episode on this. I know that was an email we got this last week from one of your church members, Scott. Uh, So that was super helpful uh, feedback as we think through the next series. Um, and uh, please, please share this podcast if you find it helpful and leave a review um, so others can benefit from it as well. And until next time, this is Assurance of Pardon. God bless. God bless.